Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pastor C.A. here at Faith Memorial Church in this great city of Cleveland, Tennessee, and you are tuning in to Thinking Out Loud. This morning, I wanted to continue our conversation on the baptism of joy and the theology of gladness. Now, the overarching distinction is, is that everything that we're talking about falls under the theology of gladness. And on Monday's program, we discussed about the baptism of joy, and I explained to you about a personal experience that really kind of launched this study or this journey into being. And then yesterday on the program, we kind of got into a little bit more technical language, and I gave you what I call the four categories of joy, um, or four distinctions between terms. And I told you that oftentimes people will use pleasure and happiness and joy and gladness as synonyms, but they are not synonyms. They are interconnected categories, but each one has its own definition and its own area um, for which it pertains. On today's program, I would like to kind of begin a discussion on how do we progress into a state of gladness, i.e. how do we begin a conversation into the baptism of joy. But before we do that, I have, I believe it's necessary to lay one more piece of groundwork or disclaimer, if you will. And it really comes in two parts. Now, both of these are answers to hypothetical or possible objections. The first one is that the passage in Hebrews, which is a quotation of Psalms, where the author is speaking of the anointing with the oil of gladness. There are people that will say, well, that scripture specifically applies to the Messiah. It is a messianic prophecy, so it does not coincide with us. And to them, I would answer, you are absolutely correct. It is in its primary intent, a messianic prophecy. However, what we know about all of Scripture is that all of Scripture was not written to us. There is not a single piece of Scripture that was written specifically to us, but all of it, every jot and tittle, every word and punctuation was written for us. And so even though that messianic prophecy, we were not the initial primary subject, it's still written for our edification and for our benefit. And if it applies to the Messiah in its primary intent, it is entirely possible that in its secondary intent, it applies to us. Because after all, are we not supposed to be conformed to his image? After all, does he not provide the example for which we are to follow? After all, does not God want us to partake in all good things? He says, I have withheld no good thing from you. Um, I want you to do this that your joy may be made full. The scriptures are countless with examples that would take this verse or others like it and put its primary meaning for the Messiah and its secondary meaning for us, God's people, i.e. the body of Christ. The second distinction or answer that I want to engage with is 
I talk about the baptism of joy. And there are people out there, i.e. the theological police or, you know, the biblical interpretive police that want to come after me and say, wait a second, we, we have water baptism. We talk about spirit baptism. Now you're talking about the baptism of joy. What are you doing? This defies hundreds of years of theology or of orthodox theology. And to them, I would answer, I am not adding a new category by any means. I am simply stating that the baptism of the Spirit that Pentecostals will often associate with the speaking of tongues is not the end of the conversation. Yes, there is a water baptism or baptism into the body of Christ. Yes, there is a second work of grace, a spirit baptism, but out of that, there is what is open to infinite possibilities. The Spirit of God does not just immerse us in Himself one time and the conversation is over. There are infinite possibilities of the Spirit baptizing us, filling us afresh, filling us again. And so what I'm talking about is a depth within a depth. I'm talking about the Spirit baptism and then the Spirit baptizing us again with a greater depth of what He has already done. And I often think about um, C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia in the last battle when he says, the further we go in, the bigger it is. And that's the same way with the Spirit of God. The deeper you go or the further in you go, the bigger and the more you find out is there. This has been Thinking Out Loud with Pastor C.A. God bless and have a great day.